The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. We carry on through our day as if everything is just fine. But for many of us, it's merely a mask covering up all the emotion simmering just under the surface. Welcome to Stories from the Heart of Leadership with Shamin Sadiq. In this program, you'll hear from others who face the same adversities in life as the rest of us. But these individuals have redirected their energies to creating extraordinary ideas and concepts. Find out what they are and what's behind the motive. Now, here is your host, Shamin Sadiq. Hello and welcome to Stories from the Heart of Leadership. I'm your host, Shamin Sadiq, and you're listening to us today on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. As you know, I've been growing my business. I've been growing it from largely being a solopreneur who is uh, associated with many others in order to have a lot of exposure and opportunity. But I've been growing the part of it that uh, is mine from just being that solopreneur to being a delivery organization, a consulting organization. And in the journey of that growth, I've had the opportunity to go to some industry meetings where I saw opportunities for my consulting business to be of service. I walked into one of these meetings not too long ago, introduced myself to some of the industry folks who were there, and one of them rolled his eyes and said, oh yeah, now the consultants are coming out of the woodwork. There were some changes happening in that industry that did mean that there was an opportunity for us to be of service, but his response to me was difficult for me to handle. It made me feel like I was doing something wrong by being there. And I've been thinking about that in terms of this show today. The topic for today, as many of you know, is heartfelt and conscious consulting. And I've received quite a few emails from people who have been excited about the show, and I hope you all found your way here and you're here with us today. Because what I believe is that what we are offering is, well, what I am offering and others who I'm associated with is heartfelt and conscious consulting, not the shark type jumping on opportunities that this gentleman who I encountered at this meeting seemed to think I was. When it comes to what I'm delivering, leadership consulting and executive coaching, I feel like I'm an adult in the prime of my life. Now, I'm using a bit of a metaphor here because, of course, I'm an adult in the prime of my life, but I'm thinking more in terms of, in terms of a, a life lifespan or a life experience. That's how I feel I am in terms of what I deliver. But on the business front, as a business person and a person who's in the business of selling her services, I f- often feel like I'm more like an early adolescent. And when this meeting happened, it sort of threw me back into my early adolescent feeling. I felt ashamed, I felt embarrassed, and I felt like it wasn't really very honorable or an integrity for me to to try to um, show this person what I had to offer because he was just going to hold it as me uh, jumping on an opportunity. 
So, one of the things that I've been so grateful for throughout my career is the presence of mentors in my life. And I've had many wonderful mentors who have accompanied me on different legs of the journey and some who have accompanied me on multiple legs of the journey. And in terms of delivery of consulting and executive coaching, I've, I've had the most wonderful mentors who've helped me hone my craft. I also have mentors who are helping me to grow up from this early adolescence into maybe young adulthood and beyond on the sales and business management part of my business. So back to that story, um, you know, we talk all the time on stories of from stories of the from the heart of leadership about beliefs and how beliefs serve us. So that gentleman at that meeting uh, was speaking to an old belief of mine. And that old belief is a bit of a limiting belief. It is uh, something like this. If I sell my services, then it takes away from the heart of it. And that's a real limiting factor, especially with a, a business called Anjali Leadership, which is all about heartfeltness. Anjali is a Sanskrit word that means heartfelt offering. So if I sell my services, it takes away from the heart, the heartfeltness of it. Uh, that was a limiting belief that I have held for at, at times and often throughout the journey into becoming a business owner. But I went to a training with one of my mentors last year. And in that three days that we spent sitting together in community, I realized how limiting that belief was. And I found a new one. And this new one was like a life-affirming, life-changing aha moment for me because what I learned from being in the presence of this mentor and listening to his story, what I learned is that if I have something to offer that can help or that can make it better, then it would be heartless to withhold it. And by translation, to offer it would be a heartfelt offering. So, I'm so pleased to have that mentor here with me on the show today. It is Bill Adams, who I've had the pleasure of being in relationship with for for a number of years because I am part of a business that he is the CEO of. Bill is the CEO of the Full Circle Group and the Leadership Circle, and you all know that that's a big family that I am so proud and honored to have belonged to for so long. Welcome, Bill, and thank you so much for being here today. Well, thanks, Shamine. I'm really, uh, really pleased to be with you today. I appreciate the invitation. You know, the thing that really uh, was apparent to me when we had the opportunity to spend those days together early last year was how much heart and consciousness and integrity there is in you and in the way in which you work with people. Tell us a little bit more about you and what you're up to today, and, and then I want to hear the story of how you came to be in this business and how you got here. Well, I'm actually in my home office today, which is uh, in Salt Lake City, Utah, and uh, just uh, first day back after taking a two-week vacation. Oh, nice. <laughs> so, on top of everything else, I had that wonderful re-entry, and uh, I, uh, for the first time in a long time, I made a very conscious decision that I was going to take the time and not do much work. I had one of my uh, partners one time say that when you have a working vacation, you don't get either. You don't get yes. any work or you don't get any vacation. So I made a conscious decision to unplug mm -hmm. and spent two weeks, and I think I only had one 
call during a two-week period of time. And so reentry was a little bit more, hmm, it was both easeful as well as abrupt today. So I'm uh, dealing with the uh, polarity on that side. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm so glad that in the midst of that polarity, you're able to join me here today. And I actually knew that that was the case when I was setting this date with you. And I hoped that this would be part of the easefulness back into your your work life, quote unquote. Yeah, it's a good way to ease back in. Good. Now, I have to be honest, though, Shemaine. I mean, the reality is, and I was thinking about both the introduction on what you said as well as uh, uh, the introduction to the program, and there's always so much else going on underneath the surface with all of us, and many cases we miss it. So um, I was watching that nervousness come up in me. That always does when Mm -hmm. I'm going to be doing something like this or standing in front of a group of people or whatever that case may be. And uh, pretty fascinating after all these years, and I've been at it now doing this work for close to 30 years, um, give or take, and I still feel that nervousness come up. So that's there's no exception today. That's part of it. <laughs> you know, Bill, what I've been doing on Stories from the Heart of Leadership for the last few weeks is beginning to introduce some meditation. And I was trying to think about, you know, when I, when I plan out the show ahead of time, I sort of map out where I'm going to go with it up to the point where I introduce the guest. And then from there, it's just a dance that we do together. Um, and not just a dance, but it is a dance, a beautiful dance that we do together. And I was trying to figure out, like, where would a little meditation fit in? But I think it might fit in right here. Beautiful. And so, yeah, okay. So, um, so I'll ask you to join me in just, um, this is helpful. I, I'm a bit nervous, too. I, I sometimes have this, uh, I've been doing this show for over a year, and I still sometimes feel that little bit of nervousness at the beginning of the show. So it's perfect for grounding and, and getting centered. And, um, you know, there's nothing wrong with being nervous, but letting some of that ease off a bit. So I'm just going to invite you and all of our listeners to uncross your legs and let your feet rest firmly on the ground flat on the ground. Um, If you're at home and you can take off your shoes and let your feet really feel the ground, then even better. And put your hands palm down, um, palms facing down on your legs, on your thighs, and just sit in a dignified but comfortable position. So we don't want to be slouched over or hunched over, but just with a fairly straight back and neck so that you're comfortable though. It doesn't have to be like like a stick is up the back of you. Just sitting up straight and bring your eyes to a close if you feel comfortable to do that. And we'll just spend a few moments here in meditation and allow yourself to just focus on your breath. That's all we're going to do for about two or three minutes here. We will just focus on your breath. And the point here is to really just bring your attention to one thing and one thing only. There are so many distractions, so many other things to worry about, so many things when you come back to work after two weeks away. Just let them all set to the side for now and bring your attention to your breath. And I'll just use my voice to assist as we embark on these few minutes of meditation together. Just breathing in and out at your own pace. There's no reason to try hard to fill up your body with air or to do anything special. Just bring your awareness to your breath and notice on the in-breath and the out-breath 
what it's like. Breathing in and noticing what does the air feel like as it enters your nose? Is it cool? Does it tickle? Just noticing. And exhale when you're ready to exhale and notice if there's any difference in your breath. Does it feel warmer? Did it come out faster? That's all, just noticing. Nothing to fix or change. And if you notice that your attention strays from your breath, just smile gently at yourself and bring your attention back. Perhaps it's easy to remain focused on the breath while I'm talking and perhaps it's not. That's okay. Whatever it is, is fine. Good. And we'll just spend another moment here taking the last few breaths together. Breathing in and breathing out. Good. And when you feel ready, just gently opening your eyes, welcoming the present back in. Try not to let it rush back in too fast. Just gently taking in whatever you happen to rest your gaze upon in this moment. And we'll resume the conversation. How was that for you, Bill? That was great. Very nice. Good. It took, it took, it took a whole other level of easefulness. Mm, for me, too. For me, too. Yeah, I always appreciate the opportunity to uh, pay attention to what I'm paying attention to. Mm. It uh, gives me a chance to actually deepen my own uh, way of being and my presence. So it's, uh, that was an experience of paying attention to what I was paying attention to. Mm. And I think one of the greatest gifts that we can offer to ourselves and to our clients is the gift of our presence and the gift of our attention. And that is something that you do and model so well. And, and also, more than doing it, it's not just a technique. It's, it's something I know to be true about you. Tell us a little bit more about that and, and how, how you came to be this this magnificent human being who who is so interested in other people well you know it's um it's really i think taking perspective on our own lives is a fascinating experience in and of itself and it's not one that um you know i'm i'm actually that um i would say natural with and comfortable Mm. with and the way that i bring that out into the public and uh, I've learned a lot more about that in the last uh, several years in this, you know, what I'm calling and what many of us affectionately call Act 3. I'm in the third act of my life, mm-hmm. entered into it. I hit 60 years old this year, and I'm quite excited about that, actually. I'm anticipating that in a really wonderful way. And, you know, the, for me, the, the journey has been one of uh, constant learning and uh, punctuated with uh, all 
all of the things that happen that are difficult and hard, as well as all those that are not, and on the other side, and trying and working on an ongoing basis of taking perspective, mm-hmm. being able to take perspective on what's happening at any given time over or over any period of time. And I found that uh, most importantly for me, um, I've had to learn how to give myself a lot of grace. I think the universe is much more gracious and filled with grace than for a number of years I was with myself. So I found that I was pretty competent and capable of being very uh, good at giving grace and being graceful in presence of others so yes. they could fill that, but not so good at doing it for myself. So that's a practice of uh, really looking at oneself and being able to say, oh, you know what? It's okay to let that go. You can forgive that. Ah, taking a little bit of sense of humor. I, I find myself often laughing at myself. Mm. Um, like I'll be just sitting and I laugh. And I think, <laughs> well, that's pretty fun. I just laughed at myself. I crack myself up in that setting. And, and uh, I kind of notice these things of, well, you know what? Uh, it is serious, but it's not that serious. And so the grace um, that I treat myself with in the world that I live today is significantly deeper and more profound than it ever was, even if I would say five years ago, let alone 20. And it's made a huge difference. You know, you're, you're making me think about something. Um, I've been learning Egyptian dance for the last few years, and there's um, a lot of technique that we can learn in dance. So you can learn the move, you can learn how to do it, you can learn the right way. But um, there's a big difference between a dancer whose technique is perfect and a dancer who has presence. And I th- as you speak about this third act of your life, I feel like that's what we're talking about, is that there's a lot of technique that we accumulate and learn and take in along the way, a lot of things we learn that are the right things to do. But then there's a, a moment where we just relax and let it all be part of us and not have to try so hard and this, you know, be willing to laugh at ourselves in it. it that's what, that's what, what you're saying is making me think of. Yeah, significant difference for me, be, for me between what it is I do mm-hmm. and that being what I lead with and allowing who I am to be what I lead with. And who I am, which is a collection of all those experiences, those techniques, all those things we've learned over the years, uh, really uh, can show up at any given time if I'm in a place of allowing and yeah. that requires even self-presence um, beyond what it was I once understood. Cool, cool. We're going to go to a break, but when we come back, we'll continue to explore heartfelt and conscious consulting with my wonderful guest, Bill Adams, the CEO of Full Circle Group and the Leadership Circle. I'm Shamine Sadek. This is Stories from the Heart of Leadership, and we'll be right back. your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics reaching a global community. 
Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Follow the Voice America Talk Radio Network on Twitter. We're at Voice America TRN. You'll get the latest fix on what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and general happenings that you should know about at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Now you don't have to miss anything when you're away from your home or office. Just go to twitter.com forward slash Voice America TRN or follow along with us at Voice America TRN, the Voice America Talk Radio Network. We're on the cutting edge of social media. Can you keep up? It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are listening to Stories from the Heart of Leadership. If you have a question or comment, or just want to find out more about our program, please send Shamine an email. Her email address is shameen at anjaliLeadership.com. That's S-H-A-H-M-E-E-N at A-N-J-A-L-I Leadership.com. Now, back to Stories from the Heart of Leadership. Welcome back to Stories from the Heart of Leadership. Our topic today is Heartfelt and Conscious Consulting, and I'm joined by my mentor, friend, and colleague, Bill Adams. So, Bill, as we come back into this conversation, I would love it if you would share more of your story of how, I mean, I mean, when I think of people who are consultants who are heartfelt and conscious, uh, you're the person that is at the top of my list when I start thinking about people who operate that way. How do, and I know as well that you're, you've got this very successful uh, career and, and had many different endeavors along the way that have been so successful. Share with us your journey and what led you into this and, and how this has all unfolded for you. Well, you know, I should mean it's pretty, it goes way back. So um, a part of it, I think there's a way to, to weave this together on uh, not only where did I see the point in time that I really knew this was what I wanted to do mm-hmm. and how did that weave together with everything else, kind of that fabric of one's life. And um, clear back in 1973, I was invited to go to uh, what was called uh, a leadership week uh, that was all around one's, it was primarily personal development, but oriented mm-hmm. towards leadership. I was uh, 17 years old, just graduating from high school, and it was a five-day residential um, session. A lot of other uh, leaders, I was a student by officer from high school, that did the same thing that I had been doing. And I spent five days in this program in the mountains in uh, northern Utah, um, just a, fact, a little ways from where I was raised on a family ranch. And at the end of five days, um, I, re- I, I distinctly remember me both thinking and saying to myself, I'm not exactly sure what this is, 
that I've been through over the last five days, um, how I would characterize um, the work that's been done here. But I do know one thing. This is what I'm going to do for the rest of my life. <laughs> so wow. at 17 years old, I had one of those moments. Um, it just hit. It was uh, a real awareness point. And I then oriented myself through the next uh, 10 years towards uh, both in what I studied academically as well as what I did uh, practically to put myself in a position to do this work, which started out um, with an internal job at uh, a health insurance company in the southeastern part of the United States down in Florida, where I was an internal organizational development and uh, management development consultant. And um, standing up in front of supervisors, trying to help them be more effective at uh, supervision and management. And uh, that was the first official job. So okay. I've been at it since uh, thinking about it consciously since 1973. Long time. Wow. Wow. Just, um, you know, how many of us can say that we've known since such a young age exactly what we want? Not exactly, but with such clarity that this is what we want. That's awesome. Awesome. Yeah, it was, I, knew, I knew it was within a range. Yes. I didn't quite understand what it was, but yeah. I knew that there's characteristics in here. And uh, for me, part of that comes, and I think it's a base of uh, my work. And, and I so related to your opening, which is uh, how often I felt myself almost a little ashamed or embarrassed to call myself a consultant. Yes. Uh, <laughs> it's like uh, sitting in a group and uh, it comes up that I'm a consultant and thinking, wow, um, that's not actually the connotation that I put on it. Uh, my connotation and the way I view my work is that um, I have an offering. I need to be clear on what that offering is about, but I have an offering that I know that if I'm doing my work and I'm really paying attention, is going to make a significant difference in both the lives as well as the businesses of those people that I get to work with. And I don't know exactly how that is going to show up at any given time, what's going to need to be offered. But what I do know is that if I'm doing my work, I'm competent and capable, then I can help move things in an organization individually and collectively and both make a difference in the individual lives as well as collective lives as well as the business results. And so that's the frame that I come from um, consistently with all of my work now. So I have two two places I want to explore because when you say that I mean it's it these words speak the words that you just spoke speak directly to my heart that that is exactly how I think about myself and my offer too. So I'd like to know one um I'd like to know about you know how, what it sounds like you've heard the sort of voices of that limiting belief that I spoke of at the beginning uh, or you felt I've the lived sort them. of yeah you've lived <laughs> them okay so so tell me how you um and I'm really curious about this because I'm still shifting from, from the, that old belief to the new one. Um, I'd love to hear a little bit more about, you know, what has helped you or, or what, uh, how, how have you made that shift? Because I, I don't experience you as having those limiting beliefs today. And, um, and my second curiosity is, you know, for those of us, there must be other consultants on this call who are feeling equally passionate about what their offer is. Um, what, what would you advise us to do or focus on or become um, so that we can we can offer these heartfelt um, in integrity and conscious gifts that we have too. You know, it's 
Um, and I know that it's not even limited to those of us in the field of consulting. I was thinking as you were talking, and the same thing applies to a lot of the leaders we work with when they Absolutely. find themselves either in a new position or reflecting upon the position they're in, what is it that they bring? And so the question that I believe that you're asking goes at the heart of something, which is fundamentally, who am I and what do I bring? Mm-hmm. What is it that I'm here for? And we all know in that work around our purpose, what's most important to us, what's that intent of our purpose and how it's going to manifest itself in the world is important work for us to do on an ongoing basis. And the reason I raise it that way is that I used to believe that it was something I did. I got clear in my purpose. I put it inside a box. I put a bow around the box and I stuck it up on the shelf. Mm. And I didn't have to necessarily go back to it. I uh, didn't even have to necessarily rethink it because it just became part of who I was. What I learned was that's not true for me. I have to consistently on a regular basis, I would say uh, once or twice a month, remind myself and check in on whether or not my purpose is alive and well that it's operating in the world in a way that it actually is helping others and fulfilling me. Mm. And if Mm. it's not, how is it that I then get in alignment or even realign or restructure myself in a way that I question purpose and make sure that I'm getting back to what's fundamental? And so uh, pretty basic work, but I believe sometimes that we take the most basic work, and especially for those of us in this field, have a tendency to move on from it mm. as opposed to revisit it almost like coming back home again and wow. not think about it as something as an alive, uh, living, breathing thing, organism mm. that we have to continually work with. So that's that's the first one for me that really hits is refresh, know where I am on that, is it fulfilling me, is it having the impact in the world that I want it to have, and then I drop out of that, and there's a lot in that one in and of itself, and I play in two other areas, one, uh, my own work and practice, so in other words, in my work and my practice, what it is I do on a day-to-day basis, is it the work that is the work of my heart, and is it the work of my passion? And then secondly, is my offering matching up with that? So am I offering into the world those services that I know are going to be in alignment with that that work of my heart, the work of my passion? Mm -hmm. And then does my brand consistently, the way that I present myself in the world, does my brand consistently manifest that? Does it consistently represent that? And when I have those three, three things lined up, my own work, and my practice, it's both fulfilling and making a difference to my offering and being clear on it. And third, my brand being in alignment with all of that, then it really seems to be much more smooth for me. And it comes more easily. I can tell the difference between when it's effortless and when I'm efforting. Wow. Does that make sense? Yeah, it's very uh, inspiring to hear you talk about it this way. So I was I was writing things down because I wanted to, to come back to some of this. I mean, this is the, you know, there's something, you, you keep using language that when, sometimes when I hear um, coaches use some of that language, I almost roll my eyes and go, oh, for God's sake, really? Um, <laughs> so when people talk about, you know, the difference oh, I want to make in the world that. and, you know, like there's just a, there's a, 
headiness to that that sometimes, you know, I, I'm, I'm yearning for more grounded, for a more grounded answer. But, but when you say it and then you put it in the frame of revisiting this um, sense of purpose over and over again, and then beyond just stating what it is or maybe rewriting it or reframing it, um, asking yourself these questions about it, that for me brings it more to the ground. Mm-hmm. And changes it from something that I want to roll my eyes to at to something that makes me pay attention. So yeah. I love that that practice that that you named first, going back over and over again and asking yourself, who am I and what do I bring? And then asking yourself, is this purpose alive and well? And is it helping others and satisfying me? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I love that. Yeah, and you know the. The piece in here for me, I mean, whether it's um, revisiting it or discovering something new for the first time yeah. or even discovering something the second, third, tenth, hundredth time and yes. finding it to feel new, uh, mm-hmm. that's part of the process of revisiting. And I, I need to consistently remind myself this is a discipline for me that I'm sometimes pretty good at and sometimes really poor at, that I have to do the same work that I'm asking my clients to do. I have to do the same work as a leader as I'm asking those people that work with me and for me uh, to do. I have to be doing the same work. And so that's why it's so fundamental, so basic. (laughs) <laughs> I, um, you know, the, the words that you are saying are words that I say all the time. You can ask any of the people who come to the leadership circle trainings that I teach or any of the people that come for the um, mentoring that I offer afterwards, that this is, this is the consistent message that I'm sharing all the time and live, attempting to live all the time too. So I appreciate the, the spirit the intention, the commitment to your own practice uh, because I feel that way about it too. And I also appreciate your willingness to share that you're not perfect at it all the time, that, it, that you're a work in mm. progress and you're not a finished product yet. Yeah, I think uh, less so now than ever before. So that uh, it was one of the, it's one of the things that consistently holds us all back. It holds me back is that the striving for perfection, right, uh, doesn't happen. And accepting oneself as a flawed, beautiful human being filled with all of those things that uh, each of us have and not feeling like I have to hide those from the world anymore um, is really freeing. Mm. Uh, You know, it doesn't mean that I can go out and be incompetent, but it does mean that when I'm less than competent, there's more than enough grace in the system if I'm doing my work. I love that. I love that. It's been a, a the biggest learning for me over the five years has the last five years has been that too. Um, I feel really blessed because I work with a, a coach of my own, and this is you know again speaking to your point about we must be engaging in this work with ourselves if we're going to invite others to engage in it with us. And um, the thing that she continues to bring me back to is is just that you know how oh look at you there you were again thinking that you were supposed to be a finished product and while well, you're actually a work in progress so it's. <laughs> just been immensely humbling and very um, powerful to be able to yeah. hold myself so that much way. So my finished product. It's finished <laughs> day, right? <laughs> so, At the end, uh, the end of any given day, I know that there's something there, but I right. also know it's going to come back again for me the following. 
Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I'm blown away by both the conscious and the unconscious. And uh, when we're actively doing our own work, and you know this better than me, you know this as well as anyone I know, um, it doesn't matter if it's, when, if it's when I'm asleep or when I'm awake. And sometimes I'm a little bit of both, right? Asleep when I should be <laughs> awake and vice versa. Uh, if I'm doing my work, it's working me and it's making a difference. And I have to pay attention to the little things that show up that I wouldn't be normally paying attention to. A dream that actually has a message for me. How wonderful is that? <laughs> right? Versus waking up going, well, that was interesting or not even paying attention to it. So it's a it's a it's a constant practice for me, and I'm good at it sometimes, and not so good at others. No, I I think I might have shared a couple of weeks ago on the show um, about an experience I had recently, where I went to um, I went away for a few days somewhere warm in the sun, and had a chance to return to some practices that I had set to the side. That. Um, you know, just in the busyness of everyday night, uh, life, I was not practicing yoga, which is something that was such a huge part of my life a number of years ago that I love. So I returned to a yoga practice and I also returned to meditation, which I had, you know, also, I, I think I practice it, but I wasn't practicing it very intentionally in the last few years. Just been so busy, you know, with kids and life and business. So I, I brought myself back to those practices, and while my intention was to come home and practice one of those things every day, that hasn't worked out that way every day. Um, so I, too, smile at myself, laugh, and forgive myself and start again. But I have noticed that it is the simplest things. So when you talked about these being the simple things that we often think you know are once and done, or we're done with that, or we don't have to worry about that now... Coming back to these simple practices, these uh, watching ourselves in action, um, uh, taking some time to pay attention to one thing at a time instead of a hundred, like like so many of us do. Coming um, back to revisit and redefine ourselves and our purpose over and over again. These are these are such useful practices, and they're so simple. They don't cost anything, or you know, take away from anything else, and yet. They, they just disappeared from my life. So I'm appreciating that they are back in my life and that I, I'm um, using those practices as a way of restoring myself and continuing to guide myself through life. But I appreciate your point about coming back to these simple things because we're not mm. just finished with them just because we did them once. Exactly. And, you know, it's, it's fascinating when you take some of the basics like your own work and that practice and getting clear on what it is that you're offering, bringing to the world that, frankly, is a service we may sell, making sure that we're in alignment in the way that we show up consistently. And the last one I know for me in here is that then taking that offering to the world and not, you said this in your opening, not feeling like there's an incongruity when it's me that I'm offering in the world that I actually sell that as a service. Yeah. That I'm not taking something that's sacred and cheapening it. And it's it's a a conversation for those of us in this work that needs to be alive and well that we can have often, or we um, sub-optimize ourselves both in the gifts we give as well as the way we're able to flourish individually. And that is what I want to talk about when we come back from the break. I think that um, that is the the conversation that many of us would love to be having and sometimes are afraid to have it because it's it's a it's a risky or challenging or scary. So when we come back, let's talk about that. Okay. Okay. 
So we're going to have a break, and this is Stories from the Heart of Leadership. I'm Shamin Sadek, and I'm here with Bill Adams. We'll be right back. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Do you or somebody you love have a struggle with abuse? You don't need to be a slave to your abuse anymore. Listen for Beyond Abuse, Beyond Therapy, Beyond Anything with Dr. Lisa Cooney. Dr. Lisa overcame struggles in her own life. Two decades of sexual, emotional, and physical abuse nearly took their toll. In her 20s, she turned her life around and set upon a path to help others. She can help you find the key to take control of your life, too. Listen every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Where can you listen to some of the world's top life coaches ready to dish out success tips and entrepreneurial guidance? The Voice America Empowerment Channel will do just that. Whether it's personal growth, building a better business, or inspirational life stories, make it a daily habit to tune into our programs. From weight loss and personal branding to law of attraction and increased happiness, you'll find it every day at VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. You are listening to Stories from the Heart of Leadership. If you have a question or comment, or just want to find out more about our program, please send Shamin an email. Her email address is shamin at anjaliLeadership.com. That's S-H-A-H-M-E-E-N at A-N-J-A-L-I Leadership.com. Now, back to Stories from the Heart of Leadership. Welcome back to Stories from the Heart of Leadership. I'm Shamin Sadik. Our topic today is heartfelt and conscious consulting, and I'm joined by Bill Adams, the CEO of the Full Circle Group and the Leadership Circle. Now, we want to spend this final segment talking about exactly where we left off before the break, how to bring your heartfelt offering or your um, unique gift to the market, to the people who you, whom you want to serve in a way that honors you, honors your gift, honors the impact you want it to have on them, uh, on the client and the client's business, and all of the above. Before we go there, though, I want to talk about some upcoming events because I know that many of you will be interested to know um, some upcoming Leadership Circle Profile Certifications. The ones that I am teaching are happening in April, April 15th to 17th here in Toronto. If you want to come to that one, I suggest you register now because you need some lead time to get your 360 done beforehand, your Leadership Circle Profile. That's the 360 I'm referring to. Um, In the D.C. area, I'm teaching June 10th to 12th, and in Denver, September 30th to October 2nd. 
There are other dates and other locations that are taught by my wonderful colleagues. Go to theleadershipcircle.com to register and to find out uh, where and when. And as well, another big reason uh, that I'm so excited that Bill is joining me on the show today is the Leadership System Certification. Now, this is for people who are already certified in the Leadership Circle. Bill is coming to Toronto April 21st to 23rd to teach the Leadership System Certification. So, Bill, as we talk about this bringing these gifts to the market and and, um, selling them and marketing them and offering them... um, I'd love it if you'd also weave in how the leadership system can help uh, professionals in the leadership circle community to be, become even more powerful as they do that. Now, let's start there really quickly. I mean, I'll just give a, a brief uh, piece on that. The right. uh, leadership system certification uh, was consciously and purposely designed for us to give those uh, consultants, practitioners within the community a offering that would allow them to extend uh, the length of their work with any given client around leadership effectiveness or development, as well as have a very specific offering uh, around that development. So it's twofold. It's one, how can I uh, start to see development in the way that I offer to my clients as a ongoing part of what they do just like any other business practice over time so that it's not a episodic one-time event but it's something that continues over the life of the individual or of the organization and my relationship with them and even beyond that so development for a lifetime leadership mm-hmm. development for a lifetime and then secondly um, how can I put that within a system so that I have a number of very specific offerings that I can fully understand, explain really well, put out into the marketplace, feel confident about representing them, and then know that based on uh, the results that we've had over the last four or five years as we prototype this and uh, put it into our own clients, it's going to deliver results every time. And uh, we find that it increases the confidence of our practitioners. It gives them more to offer. And it also, from a client perspective, helps really deepen their commitment to ongoing development. So that's, that's, that's the overall. Great. Great. Well, I look forward to um, you being here. And, of course, I'll be there, too. And so come and join us if you haven't already uh, decided to. Then maybe hearing Bill speak of it so clearly will help you to decide that you'd like to come. And if so, go to theleadershipcircle.com to register. So, okay. So here's what I've been noticing about myself, Bill. I'm really good at my work. Um, and I'm really good at talking. I, I mean, I, I'm all about relationship. I meet people every day. I speak with strangers no matter where I am all the time. And people generally respond really well <laughs> to that. And, and I get along well with lots of people. So there are many conversations that I've had on airplanes and so on with CEOs or other leaders in companies. And in that conversation, I'm, I'm really at my best and we're engaging and we're connecting. And then when it comes to whatever comes after that, like the follow-up meeting or starting to talk about proposals uh, for work or converting those proposals into sales, that's where I know where my edges are. I have edges there that I haven't quite fully um, crossed over yet. 
and and I, I know that as those of us, for those of us who are passionate about whatever our offer is, that we're often really good at the offer, but we're at offering it, uh, doing it, but not so good at the sale of it. Mm-hmm. Um, help help me and help others. What? How does this work? How do we do this? How do we convert you know, our gift into something that um, that is that is something that someone will want to purchase, buy, and avail themselves of? So. Um, you know exactly where I'm going to go uh, very first, which is the limiting belief system that I have found um, both existed for me earlier in my career as well as for so many of the uh, consultants, uh, learning development folks, those of us that have made the choice to be independent solopreneurs, uh, entrepreneurs on the outside or starting a consulting firm, as well as many cases, those that are inside organizations in a learning development, organizational development, training and development position on really getting that offering, what they bring or what they're offering, so that it's actually bought. Uh, The people buy into it, adopt it, and use it. So the limiting belief in there that I find most prevalent Mm -hmm. is that some way or another, we have wired up that when I'm bringing an offering from my purpose, passion, and heart, that if I'm getting money in exchange for that, it actually cheapens it. Mm. It actually is inconsistent with the offering. In other words, it should be something that is just part of who I am and what I give away, uh, and I don't want to take away from that. Um, That's a false belief system and is one that doesn't serve us. The opposite is actually true for me. If I'm clear on what it is I offer into the world, it's coming from the right place and purpose and passion and what I'm all about. I'm competent and capable of what I'm bringing, and I've worked on that. And I know, and this is the key, I know that it will make a difference at client X, client Y, client Z. Then it is just the opposite of cheaping it. It is actually not to put it out there for a transaction in a sale where someone buys what it is I have to offer is the takeaway. Mm-hmm. That's the thing that I'm giving away. I'm actually giving away my impact by not putting it out there because in business and in organizations, even in the non-for-profit, not-for-profit sector, people have an expectation that there is an exchange of value for services offered, and those of us in the world of consulting and the way that we talk about it often miss that that's an important part of the criteria. need to change the belief system, be confident that that it's part of the way business works, and then get really good at offering it in that way, being bold. So uh, you know what I really see you need, client Y, is the following. And I want to go into that conversation around how it is that we can bring what it is that we have talked about to you into proposal form and go to work with you. So I find that it's all those things we talked about and then learning how to be courageous and bold in a conversation that for many of us is very difficult because it takes courage and it takes ability to be bold. You know, I think when you, the way that you characterize that limiting belief, that that is what is at the heart of the, if anything stops me, I'll just speak for myself, it is that. 
And I remember when I was first learning yoga, I I used to feel, actually, this is so funny, I was very young, I was in my mid-20s, and I, I, I used to wonder, why is something that is part of um, a, a, a culture and a a heritage, you know, India, uh, and and it's my heritage too. So, so I felt this very confusing feeling, like I'm paying for yoga classes, but shouldn't this be free? Shouldn't this just be available to everybody? So, standing on the opposite side of this conversation, wondering why I had to pay for yoga. And you said something that I'd love it if you would say it again, um, because I, I tried to write it all down and I didn't capture it exactly as you said it. But you said in business, people have expectations about the exchange. Can you say that one more time? Because that yeah, that's so, profound. It's so fascinating to me that I missed for so many years that I would go into a conversation with a potential client and I'd miss that there was an expectation in there that if I was confident and confident in what I was bringing and I knew that I could make a difference, there's an expectation that I was going to offer that up. Yeah. And when I didn't offer it up, in other words, I didn't propose, I didn't make the statement of uh, there's, a, there's something in here that I really think that you all need and obviously I'm here to sell it to you. They would actually think that I didn't uh, believe in what I was bringing. Right. And the expectation of the transaction that needs to take place to close a business opportunity is just the way business and that relationship works. And I actually had it completely wired wrong. Mm -hmm. I just had it wired wrong. And, you know, then you've got all the practical considerations. That belief system is important. If you haven't had some good sales training, whether it's just reading some of the better books, uh, some of the old classics like non-manipulative selling, but learn what a sales process is, know how to put yourself in the position to be in those conversations, be clear on your offering, all those other elements we talked about. There's the practical element of it, but the belief system for me, yeah. is the most limiting part. It's the one that actually derails most of us from my perspective. And then when you get good at it, um, wow, the whole world changes. There are two other things that you have said over and over again, so I want to underline them as we come closer to the end of our time together. One is that um, you know that you're competent and capable. So this is the other thing. I mean, you're not just selling, we're, we're not talking about selling something that you don't know anything about. We're talking about selling services, selling consulting that you are competent in and very capable at. That's one. Yeah, and, and I, the, the yeah. confident and capable piece um, is key. It's table stakes. Mm-hmm. Uh, bring with that a strong belief and sense of humility. The humility is absolutely critical and key. Yes. Um, underneath that, for me, there's a natural curiosity. How is it that I develop curiosity to learn and know that that comes hand-in-hand hand with actually loving people and being in relationship? And then understand that relationships are everything. Um, once I've got that down in a way that I'm feeling, and by the way, not perfect at, yeah, but I'm feeling like I can now strike out in the world. Don't have it as something that holds me back. Have it something that I'm striving towards and let that then happen. Then I go in the marketplace in a whole different way. Absolutely. It just changes the whole come from. And Absolutely. it becomes part of who I am. And I can then be present in a way that I can rely on versus nervous what I bring versus nervous in a way that it dehabilitates me. <laughs> Absolutely. It's, um, and, and then the last point uh, that you've said over and over again is I know it's going to make a difference to this client. So if it's not going to make a difference to them, then there's, there's no reason to, to try and sell it to them or to offer it to them. But when you know that it's going to make a difference, and this was the big aha for me, is why on earth would I hold it back? Yes. 
that would be actually the the non-heart thing. I'm withholding a gift. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And that was a big frame for me. It's like, seriously, that broke the frame. Um, I'm withholding the very thing that I've worked so hard and care so much about from the world because I don't want to put it into a sales transaction conversation. (laughs) Wow, imagine what that would be. No, no. (laughs) Yeah. Right, exactly. Um, You know, I I believe that the highest and best use of us is being able to bring our gifts to the world. And in the world that we're operating in, in business, that includes sales. And it's a a, uh, door that we enter into that's required in order for us to actually show up. So how can I get really confident, capable, and good at that, and change a belief system if I've got one that limits me from being able to step into that kind of way. Well, I thank you, Bill, for coming and sharing your gifts with me and our listeners today on Stories from the Heart of Leadership. It's been such a pleasure to have you. Well, thank you. I really, really appreciate it being here today. And I look forward to seeing you when you're here in April. Uh, Me too. Yes, and to my listeners, thank you so much for being with us today. I look forward to next week when we are going to talk about surrendering to what is. So come back next Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific, and join us then. For now, I will bid you farewell. This is Shamin Sadiq signing off for another week. Thank you so much, and be well. Thank you so much for joining us today for Stories from the Heart of Leadership. Shamin Sadiq will be back next Monday with another extraordinary guest at 11 a.m. Pacific Time and 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We hope you'll come back as well. Have a terrific week. And remember, you are not alone. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.